Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow knight. Trust Gordon and Partners for the injured. Hello, Night Nation. Trace Trollco here, and this is the Sons of UCF Live. Let's welcome in Adam and Mike. Guys, hello. Welcome, Trace. Welcome back. Good to have you uh, back on the program. I know the transfer portal was was mm-hmm. eyeing you, but it looks like you were able to stave yourself away, which is awesome. And uh, always good to have UCF Mike back for another week. Transfer Trace. I didn't know if I was going to see you this week, buddy. Good to see your the face. The deciding again. factor was Adam's grandmother. That was the yeah. deciding factor, <laughs> which she was clamoring. Uh, yeah. When I was listening to you, Mike, I, I think you were trying to push me out the door there. And then, then I noticed the auditions with Andy and Brian last week. So uh, it didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rough. rough. It's, uh, it's, it's meetings with Brian further this weekend. So we'll see. Uh, it is good to be back with you guys. I was away last week, had a social obligation and uh, reporting to you from Denver out visiting family for the holidays. So hopefully my sister's internet will uh, keep up with us for the next hour. Expecting a bunch of booms and announcements today. And the, the most we got was uh, now former offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach uh, Chip Lindsey on his way to North Carolina. So not the coach perhaps that fans thought might be leaving all the talk around T-Will. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Yeah, it turns out we were focused on the wrong coordinator the entire time. Look at that. Um, interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, him and Gus had had a previous relationship, uh, but it, I assume he gets a chance to call plays directly at North Carolina, which I don't think he got to do here at UCF. So for him, it's probably a nice little uh, opportunity to, to run an offense again. Uh, interesting timing, obviously, signing day around the corner and transfer portal open. Uh, but I mean, we all know this is Gus's offense anyway. So um, this is the second year in a row now we've we've lost our offensive coordinator in the off season. Um, so uh, kind of old hat for us. But curious to see what direction Gus goes in on this one. You know, offensive coordinator hasn't really been a position that I've focused on the last few years. Even going back to Heupel and Frost, even the, the head coach has been calling their own plays for the last handful of years around here. Um, I guess he he does some work in, in practice and things like that, but. 
when it comes to game time decisions, I don't know what kind, what we're really missing out on. Yeah, what's that job description? Must not call plays. <laughs> Please apply. Give Coach Melzahn a call. So no doubt with the uh, long time that Coach Melzahn has been in the profession, his coaching tree is extensive. Uh, curious to see who he lands, but uh, imagine that he won't have any trouble uh, bringing somebody to Orlando. Portal been busy in terms of uh, folks leaving. Shocker, Joey Gatewood back in the portal. And as well, how about these two, uh, Mike, uh, running back Anthony Williams and outside linebacker Carlos Bailey Vice? Uh, did you have those on your uh, possible portal list? I didn't even know who these guys were. <laughs> That's why I asked you. That's why I knew you would. <laughs> Never heard of them until today. Yeah, I mean, Gatewood, obviously, um, is a guy who moved around a little bit. Um, not surprised. Anthony Williams was a nice little running back. I mean, obviously, but you brought in Jordan McDonald. Uh, uh, you know, we got Demarcus Bowman coming in. So uh, I, I think I said a couple weeks ago, you we're probably going to lose one to two running backs. Um, Anthony Williams was one that was on the list for that. So um, he's a big kid, strong kid. I think he only got a little bit of time, but he was somebody I know we were all excited about. I think he had offers from Florida and Miami. Um, but, you know, we've, you know, continued to find talent uh, in the high school ranks in the portal. And, you know, at some point, unfortunately, uh, odd man out on these kind of things. So Anthony Williams will hit the portal. I'm curious to see where he ends up. I think he's a good little player. As you guys have thought about it, you talked about it on your podcast earlier this week, uh, linebacker Antonio Greer Jr. coming over from Tampa and uh, Alabama wide receiver Christian Leary as well now with UCF. You like those two additions so far, kind of counteracts losing Ryan O'Keefe, who commits to Boston College, and as well, uh, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. Yeah, Greer is, is a guy, I mean, a two, a two time uh, second team all AAC linebacker, uh, has a bunch of tackles. I think he was obviously one of the, uh, the stalwarts on that cow defense the past couple of seasons. So um, he seems like a really um, veteran guy, kind of maybe in the mold of a Jason Johnson who's played a bunch of football, just knows how to play. I think Christian Leary is a bit of an unknown. I don't know if he's gotten that much time. Um, at, uh, at Alabama, but he certainly has all the skill sets. We saw that workout last year with an Alabama receiver coming over. Um, I think it's too early to say he can replace Ryan O'Keefe. I mean, you're, you're thinking of an all-time great at UCF and Ryan O'Keefe, so I don't know if it's – I think it's a little too early to say Christian Leary is that, but he's definitely got some talent. Local kid from Orlando, I think he can make some noise as well. So I think these are two really nice additions coming off of a couple of uh, tough losses for the Knights. You never know what to expect with these guys. How do they fit into the system? Can they adapt to the playbook, things like that? Greer is coming over from a terrible team. Somebody had to make the tackles on that team, right? He was the guy. So I don't know if that means he's good or if he's We didn't have to, anybody. Mike, actually. I mean, if you saw some games, they didn't have to tackle anybody. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, and, and Leary kind of reminds me of um, Javon Baker. Didn't get much playing time in Alabama. He, was, he had a big year here. So you never know. These guys are boom or bust. Look at Mark Anthony Richards. Came over from Auburn. We thought he was going to be a big deal. He didn't play at all this year. Yeah, not much action at all. Of course, early signing day coming up less than a week away. Uh, a lot of fans refreshing and uh, on social media and message boards trying to find the latest news. It'll be here soon enough, but important to see what Coach Melzahn and his staff do with this class in particular is now that ramp up into the Big 12. Yeah, we've talked about, you know, uh, Gus wants to kind of keep that hometown talent at home. Uh, obviously, we're in the mix for a, a lot of kids in the local area that uh, certainly are uh, are really talented, at least on, on paper. Um, so the optics of keeping those kids here in Orlando and not letting them out to go to other schools, particularly some of the bigger schools in Florida, is huge. So we can start winning some of those battles and, and kind of changing the tide. It only takes one class. That's how this works, right? It takes one class of guys who are talented. Uh, and that begets the next class and the next class. So it's cool to see UCF involved in the names that uh, that they're involved with right now. 
Now, can we close the deal and get people to actually put pen to ink or ink to pen or ink to paper, whatever that might be? Then that's a whole nother story. But at least it's great to, to be in the mix on some of these things. And I have a feeling we're going to win a few. So let's just cross our fingers and see which ones those are. We were supposed to get the big news today, right? I woke up this morning and everybody was talking about, hey, there's going to be flips. It's flip season. Everybody's going to make a big announcement today. We heard nothing. Should we just announce it now today? Um, Cedric Baxter's changing his commitment from Texas. He's coming to UCF. Who else are we getting? I, I don't know. Are you breaking? I'm breaking. Break, I, I don't know. Are you breaking news? I don't, I don't know. know if I'm breaking it. I saw it this morning. And people have been reporting it, waiting for it to actually come out. It hasn't been official yet, but I mean, that's the news everybody's waiting for, right? UCF's going to win some, going to lose some. There are a lot of big announcements ahead. Uh, stay tuned. Adam and Michael have the complete breakdown on the Sons of UCF 5. You're recruiting experts here at the, mm, the Sons of UCF. Um, Alex Ward, long tapper, accepts an invitation to be in the Hula Bowl. That bowl, of course, uh, played in Orlando at the Bounce House. I believe he's the sixth night to be in that game. And, Mike, we're on the, on the eve of bowl season. I asked on my Twitter poll this week, 43 bowl games, is it just right? Many, not enough. Too many. How many times did you vote, Mike? Too many. 55%. I'm only allowed to vote once. Who are the sickos that voted not enough? <laughs> gamblers. Yeah, they have to be degenerate gamblers or gamblers, just yeah. nothing to do with their lives. I mean, what are they watching? <laughs> uh, San Antonio. Well, I don't even we know. Just, we just lost 14% of our audience. <laughs> those people <laughs> those guys aren't watching this show they're watching they're watching sunday night football and they're, or thursday night football and they're gambling on that too i don't know what they're doing uh we are getting closer uh, about uh, two weeks away there thereabouts so ucf and duke and the military both been very quiet not a lot of information out of uh, ucf athletics and the football program no uh you know media availabilities with coach malzahn and uh, staff and players uh, but uh, that game still kind of happened on uh, Wednesday the uh, 28th uh, I saw Brandon Hellwood post the early forecast looked like in the 30s on a, on a midweek uh, game in December up in Annapolis Maryland yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel real yet. It feels like we haven't quite gotten to that bowl ramp up, I think, with everything in the portal and everything going on with recruiting. It doesn't feel like it's really here yet. I'm hoping maybe next week it'll hit me the excitement of one more game, but it doesn't really feel real just yet. But obviously, uh, one more to go. And, and I mean, on paper, this looks like it'll be a nice matchup. Now, we don't know who, obviously, from UCF will be playing yet, injury status, things like that. But on paper, it looks like it could be a good matchup. So um, even though it's not the bowl I think we're all looking for, I think it'll still be an entertaining game. Um, to uh, to check out. So hoping next week I get more into the swing of it. It's not as attractive as last year. Obviously, going up against the Gators in-state opponent, that was nice. It's not as attractive as going to the Cotton Bowl, which we were all hoping for for a few weeks there at the end of the year. But Duke's a nice opponent. They're a good team. They're not a bad team. It's a, it's a better opponent than Arkansas State in the Cure Bowl like we had a few years ago or Ball State in St. Petersburg. So it, it should be a fun game. Well, let's talk a little bit more about bowl preps with a return guest on Sense of UCF Live. He's Sam Jackson. You know him as the offensive lineman on the Knights for many, many years. Sam, welcome back to Sons of UCF Live. Thank you for having me back. Before we talk about a fundraising event that you have on Saturday to benefit your foundation, I want to talk a little bit about Jake Hescock, a, a man that you played with, uh, and, and maybe a remembrance from you, uh, a story about uh, Jake that uh, fans might appreciate. Uh, man, it's too many stories to count um yeah that that news i think uh definitely it was one of those things that hit me hard because um you know he was a couple years older than me and and i played um 
a lot of you have played four years with him. So, uh, you know, I, I really grew to love that kid. And, and um, you know, he was like a brother to me. And, you know, I've dealt with my emotions throughout the week. And, um, you know, he, he was just always the funny guy. He was always – there was always something, you know, he, he could always bring you up. And, and you know, when you're, in the, when you're in the thick of practice, you always need someone that, you know, is going to help you uh, you know, remember why you're playing the game and, 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 you know, make, make it fun. And uh, that was something he always did. And, you know, I don't have like uh, an exact story and, uh, not, not too many things I can, uh, think about that is, uh, family friendly, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he was just, if anything, I think what people saw on, uh, the outside when, when he interacted, uh, with the media, was exactly how he was behind closed doors. And, um, you know, uh, my condolences to his family and, and all of that. And, and you know, can't say enough good things about him. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sucky situation. A guy your age shouldn't have lost uh, two former teammates within about a year's period of time. It just doesn't seem real. Yeah. Then I, that thing that's, that's also one of those things where it's just, it's almost like I don't even know how you deal with it, like really, because it, it's it doesn't really feel real, right? And um, you know, it's just it's one of those things that uh, I guess they don't you know, they tell you it's just life, but it's that's easier to say it, you know, said than done. Just to look at it like that, and um, you know, it's just there's there's a lot of a lot of people who should still be you know living their life right now that are not that I you know, I've interacted. With. I mean, Sam, obviously no easy transition uh, away from that, but we were talking about the bowl game, obviously, prior to you hopping in. Um, can you give us some insight? What's the schedule been like? Have you guys been doing any sort of bowl prep? Have you been off since the, the Tulane game? What's the schedule been like for all y'all? Uh, last week we had um, workouts and stuff, but this entire week we've had off. Um, you know, I think the coaches have been gone. Uh, I mean, the sh we were still with the strength coaches, but they've been out recruiting. Um and, you know, this entire week we've had off, but we start back on Saturday. Besides the game, what else are you actually looking forward to? Are you going to be able to enjoy some of the other things in that area? Do you stick around after the game and maybe do some uh, sightseeing afterwards? How does that work? Uh, well, I don't think I'm sticking around after the game, but I've never actually been to – we're staying in D.C. Um, so, uh, you know, I've never been there. Um, you know, I've, we've played Navy, but you know, can't go sightseeing. So – I think we're going to see the the monument. That'd be cool. Um, you know, and then we're gonna, I think we're going to the Smithsonian. I don't I don't know that for sure. I just know it just says museum on our thing. So there's only one museum in DC apparently. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take you to some off-brand museum. Yeah. And you're going to be very disappointed now. <laughs> what was your reaction to the news today that offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey moving on to North Carolina? What's it been like to work with him the last year? Uh, he's awesome. You know, he came in and he, um, he fit right in with, you know, staff and the players. He's a, he's a real players guy. He, you know, he talks to you, you know, just like he's one of your dudes, just, you know, one of your buddies. Um, you know, it's awesome for him. Uh, I'm really happy for him. And, um, you know, I know he'll be great at UNC and, and hopefully he's able to do what, uh, what he wants to do. Sam, obviously uh, a couple of tough games this year on, on the schedule. If I gave you one game you could do over right now, one game from this season you could play again, which game would you want to play again? The championship. Yeah. Why? I just, 
you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I just feel like we didn't play our best uh, right at the beginning and it kind of put us in a hole. Um, and, you know, we, you know, we had guys banged up and all that, but that, that it's the end of the season. So, you know, you can't really fall back on that too hard, but, you know, I just I always just, I keep thinking back to the, you know, we got it within three points and then uh, just let it get away from us. And, and even, I mean, you can say, you know, what you want about defense or not, but I mean, after Tulane scored, I mean, they scored like with like 30, 40, I don't know, 30 seconds in the next drive. Uh, we just didn't score again either. So uh, didn't do anything to put us back in that three point uh, thing. But I would, I mean, that would be the game that I wish we could play over again. What's your message as the captain of this team? You're going into your last game now. Do you have a something you're going to share with the guys going into this week of practice? Do you think you're going to cry after you take this jersey off for the last time? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's you know one of those things that kind of happens. It's still really. I mean, like I know I'm done. Going to be done with UCF. Um, but in my mind, I'm still not going to be done with football. Uh, but you know, I, I just think it's going to be one of those things that happens when you know, it comes to game time. And uh, once I'm at that moment, it's nothing, you know, you can really plan for. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just – it's going to be a surreal moment. And uh, I just know that uh, it's one of those things where no one wants to lose. So let's not go lose a game. You know what I mean? Don't, don't go lose another game. None of us want to lose. This may not come as a surprise to you, but breaking right now, Lokai Paule announces he will be back for the 2023 season. What do you think of that, that's gonna be awesome. I mean, you know, he's a killer. He's a killer in the offensive line. You know, you're gonna have uh, just a bunch of killers on you because Matt's coming back, uh, Lakai's coming back, and you know, you guys have some stout guys that are gonna go and lead that offensive line in the Big Twelve. All right, Sam. When I show you this picture, what comes to your mind? <laughs> that's that's funny. Uh, I think that kid. Uh, He's wearing slides to visit. What a what a rude person. What'd you what'd you weigh there? What do you weigh now? Uh, that picture, I was probably I was chunky. I was probably like three sixty or something like that. Three fifty. I think I think the camera did justice to me better than what <laughs> I looked right there. What, what would Sam of today tell Sam at, at the time of this picture? And you're you know you're gonna have a lot of fun, dude. Uh, you know. Uh, I think I would, I would tell him, you know, uh, maybe enjoy uh, my roommates a little bit better when I was when I was living at Towers. I don't think I took full advantage of hanging out with all the guys that I live with. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you're gonna have a fun time and you know just enjoy all the moments. I think some of us are a little concerned about the offensive line going forward, losing guys like you. Who are some young guys that are on this team now that maybe the fans don't know about that are ready to take over your spot next year? Fans don't know about? Well, I mean, we just got uh, Cam Kenny. He uh, he transferred in from Georgia. Um, so, you know, he, he was been, he's he been my backup all year. But, I mean, he's you know, he's a killer. He, he wants it. Um, and, you know, he's going to work his tail off to be in the best position. And, obviously, you know, you have uh, Adrian Medley coming back um, off of his injury. Um, so, you know, just, you got, you got a lot of depth in that room. You also have Paul Rubo and, um, you know, guys like Patrick Barnett who, you know, lost their chance, uh, due to injury or, or and, and things like that. And, you know, just, uh, I think, you, I think there's gonna be a lot of competition in that room 
which is only going to make the O-line better. After the Navy loss, you said in a, the media availability, you didn't think that would be your last game of the bounce house, but now a hula bowl invite your way. So you do get one more game there. Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, that was one of the big decisions of, you know, shooting that game too is, you know, it was just one of those things where like I couldn't turn down uh, playing in the bounce house again. And, um, you know, I'm just really blessed and excited that I, I had the opportunity to do so. Sam, obviously we're in the era of the transfer portal, right? People are kind of hopping around and moving around. How much pride do you take in the fact that you spent six years all at UCF, that you've only been in one school and that you kind of bled for UCF? I take a lot of pride in that. I mean, that's like one of my biggest things I hold my hat on is, you know, I'm a loyal guy and, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I appreciate, uh, you know, my guys and my teammates and stuff is that, you know, if they ever need anything, like they can hit me up because, and I, and I feel like that shows them, you know, I'm always here for anyone. Um, and when I stick to someone I'm going to, I mean, even, even in the recruiting process, uh, I said, you know, whatever team I commit to, like, I'm not doing the decommit and all that stuff. You know, I committed to UCF going into my senior year. They were my only official visit. Um, so I, you know, and I had other offers. I just, I, I'm one of those guys that when I make a commitment, I'm going to stick to it. We need a new saying for guys like you. It's once a night, always a night, only a night. Now with the transfer portal thing, guys transferring out before this bowl game, you being a captain, a guy that's been here forever. How do you feel about guys? Do you think we need to change the rule that you can't go into the portal until after the bowl game? Something's got to be done, right? Uh, I don't. I don't know if the bowl games really. I mean, for me, it's it's kind of the whole. I think transferring thing needs to be looked at. I mean, especially coming from a guy who obviously is loyal and stays in one school, and you know, it's kind of it's hard to watch guys leave. But um, you know, I just think that's you know that's something that needs to be looked at. Like maybe the transfer rules. Like maybe I don't know. Guys have to be at the school for two years before they leave, or something like that, because. I think a lot of guys, especially nowadays, like if you're not a top tier guy and you're leaving a school, it might be for the wrong reason. Like you think that you're getting, you know, screwed over out of reps or, or something like that. It's really hard for that to change at another place. But I also, on the flip side, understand like sometimes people just need new impressions with different coaches. Um, but yeah, no, there needs to be some sort of, I don't know what they have to do, but they need to do something. Let's go back to that AAC championship game. Let's talk a little bit about Mikey Keene. Are you a little torn there? You understand his situation, but you'd have liked to have seen him maybe come in off the bench on that in that game. No, I mean I, I mean I respect his decision, and you know I, I love Mikey too, and, and I understand from that rule, uh, from that point of view, and and that's one of those things where it's like you know he went into the year saying that, um, you know he was only going to play four games if he wasn't the starter. Um, and you know, I, I think he got way too much flack for the, for the not coming off the bench and, you know, having Tommy have to have share reps and, and go in uh, when he could have, but I don't think a lot of people understand like he, like I get the importance of a championship game, but like imagine losing a whole year of where you could have played 12 games for playing basically three games. Cause he played, you know, the half of Navy, the half of Cincinnati, one game for Memphis and then a half of USF. So you play three and a half games and you lose out on nine others, basically. I, I mean, it, it's, it sucks because that's just the rules, but um, I don't fault him at all for it. And, and it was one, it wasn't like, you know, the team was surprised. Like once we got there, like we all knew all week, you know, what the deal was. 
Sam, this year we heard, we heard Gus at the podium talk a lot about, you know, five new offensive linemen coming together, playing different positions. I know you moved around a little bit. Uh, you know, you bring in a guy like Swoboda from the portal and that the five of you needed time to gel together. How hard is that to do? How, how much time does it take for five guys on the offensive line to kind of gel together and become a unit? Uh, well, I guess there's definitely no set time. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's just it's like trial and error, right? Like sometimes you get guys and you guys can gel you know, really quickly where, you know, it's, it's really easy and, and it happens almost immediately. And you guys are playing your best ball from the first game or it takes until, you know, like the third, fourth game where you guys start to feel like you understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and uh, you guys play around that. Was there a point this year where, where you thought you all five clicked together where you kind of looked around and said, okay, now we're, we're we've kind of hit our rhythm, hit our stride. Uh, I definitely think, you know, I thought, uh, I think the Cincinnati game, was I, I felt like that was a really you know that was like a huge marker for us um and you know i you know i thought we played there was like games where like we played fau where i thought they only played really well or um you know we played georgia tech and i thought we played well and and then i think cincinnati was almost the all-around good one especially going against a stout defense like cincinnati just kind of proved that hey we can step up to the challenge this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to make you just pick one game from your career. 10, 15 years from now, you're sitting down with your kids and you're, you got to show them one game. Which one is it? Show them one game? Uh, I mean, for me, I think, and this, gosh, I only one though. It's like, I guess it's like I either choose Florida or I choose the first two lane game because uh, Florida, obviously, just for everything that was at stake, it probably would be Florida, to be honest, the, the Gasparilla Bowl, just because everything was at stake. And, and you know, at the end of that game to to be able to – not even the end, but throughout that game, just be able to say, hey, like, we ran over an SEC defense. It was – I mean, you know, it's an O-line's dream. So, uh, I'll probably pick Florida. But the first two-lane game was – I mean, that was something special. So. Yeah, it's it the way we beat Florida, right? Just by the way we, yeah, yeah, the way you beat Florida, the way we beat it was like – you know, that was – which you want to do as an offensive line. In addition to making that commitment to UCF, you've made a commitment to the community, forming the Sam Jackson Foundation. Again, this coming Saturday, uh, second annual Light Up the Night fundraiser at the Capon House in Winter Park. And all those funds raised to help with food insecurity and housing. What do you like about this event? Uh, honestly, I mean, just the fact that, you know, it's in the spirit of giving. You know, uh, Christmas is my favorite holiday, uh, not also including the fact that my birthday is December 29th. So, um, you know, just outside of that too. Uh, I just, I love Christmas. I love, I love the wintertime and, and I just love the spirit of giving. And, um, you know, just this event, I think shows how, you know, uh, close of a community we actually have uh, in Orlando. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are willing to give up their own hard earned money or, or go out and buy gifts or give even their, their time um, just to help other people. And, and I think that speaks volumes to the type of people we have in Orlando. Sam, obviously a lot of cool auction items. I'm going to try to pull them on screen actually right now while, uh, while I talk to you here. Uh, so looking at these auction items here, uh, which one would Sam Jackson want to bid on here? We got some cleats from a couple of guys. We got some pictures. If Sam Jackson could bid on one of these, what does Sam Jackson want to bid on? These? Um, so I'm actually going to bid on one of these collages that my girlfriend made. Uh, <laughs> they uh, bid on that, Sam? Wow. Yeah, I'm going to bid on that. Um, I would say, yeah, I think uh, – I really like what Kai's collage. I think that's I think that's dope. 
Um, but I would bid on all these guys, the Okai, Alex, and Alex's collages. That way I could have them, like, in my room, kind of as a plaque of showing, like, who I played with. What other activities are going on at this event? What kind of spread are we looking at? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about what type of food here. I know it's free food. So, I mean, there you go. yeah, it's always the best kind of food. There's food, and there's going to be drinks, uh, you know, adult drinks for the people who are enjoying that. And, um just a lot of a lot of fun time. There's some entertainment, um, and of course the silent auction. And you will be able to see some uh, more UCF football players, uh, excluding me. You know, so I want to drop a couple of names. Uh, I know I'm, I, I, I hope they're there when I say this, but I know, <laughs> I know at least the Colton Boomer's going. Uh, Alec and Max are going. Uh, the Haulers. Um, I'm trying to. I still got to make sure that you know Bowser and and. JR going, but you know, what are those guys going to do on a Saturday night? <laughs> and, and you can admit it, as nice as those collages are, you getting the Sons of UCF Yeti mug last year. Oh, yeah. The event. I mean, that's. I thought it was, I thought it was usually sitting right here on my desk. I don't know. My mom must you know, touch it when I was gone. But I mean, yeah, that's no, really, that's the price to bid on, right? Oh, really? It was. It was the price of thing. And, and uh, <laughs> who, Gianna, was it was Gianna that came on the show? No, well, that's that's a sore subject, Missy. Uh, we have we've not yet redeemed that. Uh, oh, we, Missy, yes, Missy, yes. we owe you. Is now it's been a year. Um, yeah, yeah. That uh, Missy, we'll need to work work that out. Uh, Mike misses a lot of Thursdays, so uh, you yeah, know. Well, <laughs> Sam, uh, the uh, event again this Saturday night, uh, five thirty to nine at the Cape House in Winter Park. Uh, the silent auction items can also be bid online. Uh, and uh, we wish you luck uh, with the foundation, with the next all games, military and hula, and perhaps future uh, professional pursuits as well. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Sam. All right. Thanks, Sam. Mike, how did you coin that? It was uh, once a night, always night, forever night. What was that? I like that only phrase. A night. Only a night. Only a night. Yeah. I stole that from Eli Manning. He said that after he retired as a giant. He said he never wanted to play anywhere else. He was once a giant, always a giant, only a giant. Some cleats in there, including Colton Boomers. We're still continuing to give out Colton Boomer merchandise. And this week's uh, winner, uh, compliments of Colton Boomer and his family, uh, Jordan Olive, uh, who subscribed on uh, YouTube. Uh, we will uh, get in contact with you uh, as well. Last week's winner, we're going to give away another thing uh, next Thursday on Sons of UCF Live. So um, give us a five-star review uh, on the uh, where you download the podcast and the show or subscribe on YouTube, right, Adam? Yeah, send us a DM uh, of a screenshot of you subscribing to YouTube or, again, a five-star review on podcast. I know a lot of people are asking. You can't leave a review on YouTube, so the best we can do is at least get us a new subscriber. If it's not you, get your, your, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your garbage man, whoever. Get them subscribed. Take a screenshot. Send it in, and you could be walking away with some Colton Boomer merch. Yeah, so we'll do that again next week, and then I'll get in touch with everybody after the holidays here and uh, either arrange to meet you if you're local in Central Florida and hand it off or uh, mail it out to you. So uh, you get to meet Trace. Wow, <laughs> bonus uh, <laughs> meet and greet too. I didn't know that was in there. That that is a bonus uh, apparently. Uh, as we've mentioned, uh, we got that military bowl UCF and Duke coming up. We're gonna welcome in now to the Sense of UCF Live, Josh Barr, Director of External Relations for the Military Bowl Foundation Incorporated. Josh, welcome into Suns Live. Ah, thanks, guys. Good to be here. So talk about this matchup. Uh, how, how long was it in the works? Like, how long did, was UCF on your radar? Well, I, you know, I mean, the, 
the bowl matchup business is just it's cra- this year was crazier than ever with so many teams in the ACC and the American that are on our radar. You know, we look at teams usually we're looking for teams that are, are you know within a five hour drive of Annapolis and DC. But we also look at teams like UCF. I mean, they have such a big following and they're such a big name that we're interested in those guys too. You know, and then on the ACC side, there were so many teams that were, you know, very similar to each other and right there, you know, with each other. I mean, we really didn't know. We knew, we kind of had a feeling that our American team was going to be the UCF two-lane loser in the American Conference Championship game. But the ACC side was way up for grabs. Josh, what makes UCF an attractive bowl entrant? What's uh, as somebody who's putting this bowl on? What What about UCF excites you uh, playing in the bowl? Well, you know, I mean, UCF obviously, first and foremost, they're a really good football team, right? And I don't, I don't think anybody's going to question that. And they have a they have a great following. Um, they're they're a well known entity. They they have some very good players. You know, we we think that our game with UCF and Duke is just you know a terrific football matchup. We're and we're really excited to see them get on the field and play each other. Besides the game, usually the week leading up to the game is a lot of fun for both teams. Mm-hmm. What kind of events are we looking at for these guys? So, you know, we're unique, right? The um, teams come up and they'll spend the week in uh, – I can't get this light off the top of my head, by the way. There we go. Um, the uh, teams come and they spend the week in, in Washington, D.C., but then the game itself is in Annapolis, and our, and our events for fans are in Annapolis the uh, day before the game. So uh, UCF is going to arrive on Christmas Day, and they have a, a handful of events that, that they're going to squeeze in real, real tight. I mean, I think, you know, Duke's coming in on February, on a, I'm sorry, December 23rd, whereas, you know, UCF is going to be here only a few days. And they're going to practice. They'll uh, visit the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, which is one of the, it's a relatively new museum on the Smithsonian downtown. And, you know, it's one of the top attractions in D.C. They'll also do a pack for troops where the team will make uh, care packages that will be given to troops that are heading overseas. Um, And, you know, those are two things that, you know, are are pretty neat to have happen. We we like to think that our bowl game is not just another bowl game on the circuit, um, that what we do makes a difference for the, the troops in uniform and, and when they are, uh, you know, we, we do we do that in several ways. You know, we have uh, several, we, we have lots of tickets that are available, complimentary for active duty service members and veteran service members in, in the national capital region. Um, they'll be at the game, they'll be in an enlistment ceremony with um, about a hundred new recruits um, for the various branches of the military on the field. Um, taking the oath of enlistment. There'll be lots of um, military personnel at the game, you know, and, um, you know, we have a, a pregame um, parachute team jumping in. It's all uh, veterans and Army Rangers. Um, we're jumping with these giant flags uh, dedicated to different branches of the military. So there are lots of things going on, you know, and then game day itself um, kicks off our games at 2 p.m. this year. Um, but game day itself kicks off at 10 a.m. We have a tailgate at the stadium with lots of different military uh, elements and vehicles available available for people to look up look at up close. And also, we have a military bowl parade that starts in downtown Annapolis and goes out to the stadium. 
So there's a lot going on, um, you know, and UCF is going to fit an awful lot in a really tight window, but we're pretty sure they're going to come up to the D.C. area and have a great time. I had the opportunity to go to the UCF Navy game a couple of years back in Annapolis. And uh, for fans, there's just so much history there. They'll enjoy that venue as well. What is it like to have uh, that uh, Naval Academy as a partner in this and the stadium in Annapolis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've been to the same, you know, I mean, it, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is a fairly small venue, right? It only seats the capacity is listed at 34,000 people, and that's with the hill in the north end zone. So it's not a big stadium. It's pretty compact. And the uh, Naval Academy has done a really nice job of renovating most of the stadium in the last few, last several years. You know, we think it's a great place to watch a game. They're all throughout the stadium. There are different reminders of battles that have been fought that the U.S. Naval, the United States Navy has participated in. Um, you know, we, we just think it's, a, it's the perfect place to play a game that's called the Military Bowl. All right, Josh, let's get down to brass tacks. What's in the give bag for the players? Obviously, the swag bag gets a lot of uh, a lot of attention every year. What's in the swag bag? What can we expect? So the, the players will all get a Visa gift card. You know, that, that makes up a large portion of this year's player gift. They'll also get a branded backpack and a uh, military bowl and USO hat. So the players will be able to do some shopping on their own with their uh, gift package this year. Mm, okay. For guys that haven't bought their tickets yet, maybe want a premium experience. Are there any tickets that offer maybe like an all-inclusive ticket? Anything, any special things like that? So we have lots. Of, we have lots of different options with hospitality throughout the stadium. Um, the best thing to do is go on militarybowl.org/tickets, and you can see the different things that are available there. And uh, let's wrap up with this. Tell us a little bit more about throughout the year what the Military Bowl Foundation is involved with. So the Military Bowl Foundation, it's interesting. I've been working on the bowl since 2012. And when I started, uh, all we had was the bowl game, right? And the following year in 2013, we started something called DC Touchdown Club, where we do an annual awards dinner that highlights some of the top names in football, both locally and nationally. Um, and so we've done that for the past 10 years now. And that draws about 300 people to the to our dinner at a country club in the Washington area. And we also do a high school football player of the week and a golf tournament with that. But then the really, I think it's the one of the most interesting things in all the bowl games that there is. In 2016, the Military Bowl Foundation uh, purchased a 294-acre farm on Maryland's eastern shore and renamed it Patriot Point. And Patriot Point is a retreat center for wounded, ill, and injured service members. And what we do is we partner with different military and veteran nonprofit service organizations, and they identify the guests and they have program managers and they'll bring them in. We have uh, one person who lives on site who kind of runs Patriot Point. And it's a place for these recovering service members to go enjoy outdoor recreational activities um, at no cost to them. They just come down to Patriot Point and they're able, you know, working with these groups um, who bring them in, they're able to enjoy whether it's fishing, boating, hunting, water sports, kayaks, canoes, just hanging on the beach and enjoying a bonfire. There's a wonderful gym, um, thanks to uh, Under Armour, the Under Armour Freedom, Freedom Fitness Center. Um, and there's just so much that people can do. And some people come for a night, 
some people, you know, there's some groups that come in from farther away where they'll be, you know, they'll bring guys in from around the country and they might be there for five to seven nights. Um, sometimes the groups might be, you know, two, three, four people. Other times we've had 70 people with people camping out in tents on the, uh, on the property. It, it's, it's just the neatest thing, you know, I, I'd encourage everybody to go learn more about it. Patriotpoint.org is our website. And just, you know, that, that's where, you know, the money from the bowl goes to benefits USO and it benefits Patriot Point. And so what we do makes a difference. I mean, it's letting people um, have this, it's letting service members have this opportunity that, you know, is, it's just amazing. And the one, you know, we get the feedback all the time is, um, you know, thank you so much, but when can we come back? Because we had such a good time. Um, and, you know, you know, the stories the service members tell after they've been deployed or abroad or whether they've served here or they've been through traumatic experiences, you know, being able to get away and um, relax your mind and, and rest and um, take, a, take a 24 hours, 40 hours away from your everyday stresses is pretty amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I won't put you on the spot with a score prediction, but I will ask you this. If it's a low-scoring game, you're going to be surprised, right? You're expecting this to be a shootout. Uh, I think it's the over, right? <laughs> Take the over. Take the over. Josh Meyer, Director of External Relations with the Military Bowl, thank you for being with us, and uh, I'll see you up there uh, in two weeks. Sure thing. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you, Josh. That was interesting about Patriot's point. I'm, I'm glad he, he shared that. Uh, did you notice that the, the light formed a halo that looked a little like a football uh, at times about <laughs> Josh? I, I, yeah, I, he's, there certainly was a light for sure. Yeah, there was a light. <laughs> Let's uh, go around the kingdom. Mike, I think you said at one point, is Ole Miss ever going to score? UCF jumps out to a 21-0 lead on the road. Uh, they have to uh, uh, watch Ole Miss uh, cut that to 10 at the half. It gets to four, but the Knights defeat Ole Miss 72-61 on Wednesday. Eight and two now. C.J. Kelly with 21. Taylor Hendricks with 17. Yeah, encouraging game. Obviously, we, we gave a little bit of a back, right? I mean, we were on a, a three-touchdown lead early on. We gave some of it back. But yeah, this is a team, I think, in, in past iterations, Trey, so that team doesn't doesn't hold on to that win. We lose this game. Uh, and I like when it kind of got crunch time, C.J. Kelly, Taylor Hendricks made big shots. We crashed the boards. Um, great ball handling by Darius Johnson. He was able to break the press and, and keep us in, in rhythm. Uh, we made some free throws. It's a team, I think, in the, in the past, we would have folded on a game like this. And it's, it was exciting to see our first true road game. Mike told me on the podcast this week that um, they had to do it in the SEC because uh, we have two SEC games in a row. So one down, one to go, but a really impressive road win. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, gave us all we can handle. But um, this Taylor Hendricks, Trace, whew, this kid's really freaking good. The beginning of that game, I didn't know if we were the best team I've ever seen or Ole Miss was just the worst team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they couldn't do anything. They were throwing the ball away. They couldn't hit a shot. Uh, when it got to four, it's nice to see them get tested like that a little bit and then answer the bell. So uh, it was a very good game. It was probably the best game we played all year. Earlier this week, I spoke with Taylor, asked him about being the AAC Freshman of the Week, which now is four straight weeks. How do you feel being recognized by the American week after week? Uh uh, it's definitely, um, it feels really good, you know, that they're noticing me, but, you know, we're still uh, going to try to do well um, as a team and try to keep getting wins. So humble, so talented. We'll see what he can do Saturday now against Missouri, also from the SEC. Mike, you're a go, right? Fans have an opportunity to meet you 
in the Orange Bowl basketball classic at sunrise. At noon. Luck. That's right. Yeah, I will be there. Just look for the hair. Um, I, I don't I haven't bought my tickets yet. I'm buying them tomorrow. I'm waiting on a couple other people to know exactly how many we're getting. But I will definitely be there nice and early Saturday morning. Uh, can you can you turn just a little bit so we can we can see the, the back of the hair? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, the Knights then return home Wednesday, December 21st. Against Stetson, Donnie Jones comes back to the arena to face the Knights. Uh, and then right after that, uh, starts conference play. Have a recap of the Ole Miss game from our guy Leo Rodriguez on twonightsmedia.com. And then you'll have the opponent preview by John Weiss. We'll be there as well, and you can find it on the various social channels. Women's basketball will make this short. Uh, 99-64 losers at Tennessee. Hey, they led 21-20 after the first quarter, trailed 41-38 at the half. And then we'll just not mention what happened in that third quarter. Gave up a lot of points. They uh, face Idaho State Tuesday, uh, December 20th, the two, and then Wednesday, December 21, Elon at noon, UCF Christmas Classic. And then congratulations to volleyball's McKenna Melville, first team All-American from the American Volleyball Coaches Association. Congratulations to her. All right. What time is it? Mailbag time. Oh, oh, you know what time it is. It is time for our good friend. It's that time again. Let's open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. Uh, I like oh, it. I've never not made me laugh. I don't know why. I, I, I could not watch the show live because I was busy last week, but I did go back and watch it. And I don't normally go back and watch. And I, so I don't normally see the comments, but I opened the comments. I like the comment that, uh, so he got the mailbag segment named after him because we shunned him. <laughs> we felt bad for him. That should be some sort of premium thing where you, you know, like you get it named after you like a donation or son's plus thing that we keep I'm, talking I, about. I bet I was open. I mean, whatever we need to do. <laughs> Pearson donated to the, the, the den fund. The first time we hung out together, he's good in my book. And, and I'm going to the basketball game with him on Saturday too. So, um, he's a friend of the show. Into the show at Dan O'Rourke. Mike is what it sounds like he's a friend of. <laughs> Who will be the starters? Asking about the bowl game. Many folks getting their first snaps. So we still haven't inerts, uh, had any announcements about opt outs for, for this game. Nobody's uh, made a mention on social media about that. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I think you're probably going to see some young guys on the defensive side of the football. Uh, maybe Cam Moore obviously gets another start. I'm curious to see how much we wrinkle in uh, some of the young offensive guys, Thomas Castellano, Xavier Townsend. We dust off Jordan McDonald. Uh, I'd love to see a healthy dose of some of these young guys um, at, at stretches of this game uh, against Duke. Is JRP healthy? If he's healthy, he's starting. If he's not, then we see Tommy C. At Greg730, what's most important, getting O-line through portal or straight out of high school? I think it's going to be a mix, a blend, right? Well, right now, I think we need to be portal, right? Because we're, we're losing so many guys and we don't have a, a ton of young guys to develop. I think ideally you want both, right? I mean, you want to develop some young guys like a Sam Jackson. We saw a picture of Sam Jackson when he was damn near 12 and we see him grow up through UCF, right? Palouet did the same thing. Matt Lee did the same thing. I don't know that we have those guys right now that are young. So until we do that, we're going to have to go through the portal. Mike, how important is it to have Lokai back uh, making that announcement here in the last half hour? Yeah, the more stability we have on the offensive line, the better. But the, uh, the portal's got to be the way. The freshmen that come in, if they don't play right away, they're in the portal the next year. So it seems like portal is going to be more important than recruiting from now on. It seems a mix. Got to find the right balance there. At Laird, WD2. What kind of scuttlebutt can you talk about? T. Will to Auburn. That seems like that may not be happening now. 
Scuttlebutt, I mean, we haven't really heard anything reported. If you want to do conspiracy theory talk, perhaps he was in the mix, maybe having conversations. Maybe his name was amongst the finalists. And for whatever reason, Auburn appears to have gone in a different direction. Uh, so that doesn't mean this thing's over, though. We obviously saw Chip Kelly leave, uh, or not Chip Kelly, Chip Lindsay leave today. I don't know if Chip Kelly's leaving or not, by the way. Um, and so there, this, is, this isn't over by any stretch. But I imagine he probably was talking... And, uh, and they went a different direction for whatever reason. Maybe the last three games on defense? I don't know. Yeah, it's still too early to tell. Wait until all these games, all these teams finish their bowl games and then the playoffs. Some some coach is going to go to the NFL or so, something's going to happen where you, you never know what's going to happen with these coaches. They're here one day, they're gone the next. Laird with a second question. What's it going to take to get the kids bigger number NIL deals? More donors, more contributors. Right, you're gonna to have to have more people stepping up with big dollars in these collectives uh, in order to keep some kids at Rejoice Nights. Uh, Asked this, of course, before the news broke this afternoon. Do you think any coaches, staff get replaced after the season? Now, she says replaced. I don't know if she means, uh, you know, uh, involuntarily by Coach Malzahn. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I wouldn't say I'd see him making a move, uh, of firing a coach. Yeah, he probably would have done that by now if he was thinking about making a staff change, right? With all the all the coaches that are kind of free after some of the other carousel moves. Obviously, we know Chip Lindsey has to be replaced. There's some rumors about at least one more offensive staffer potentially being on the Auburn radar. So I think that's what you're looking at for right now. But to Mike's point, NFL could come calling for a college coach. I'd open something up. Uh, we had the unfortunate passing this week of Mike, of Mike Leach. That's going to put some upheaval at the coaching staff in Mississippi State. So some of this stuff isn't over yet. They'll continue to churn a little bit. Ryan Schneider on the staff soon. You heard it here first. Is that insider information? No, that's just yeah. what I want to happen. But okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually going Well, to the Suns, they, they kind of will things into happening. It's the magic of, of the Suns show. At Josh Carr 5, do you think Gus will handle red shirts differently for skilled players in the future because of the way the situation played out at quarterback? Mike, what about you? You've been critical. I mean, a lot of fans have been critical about the way the quarterback situation played out. Uh, you think anything could have been done differently in the way that was handled? I said it a couple of weeks ago. I don't want him ever to make this deal with anybody again. If you're the backup quarterback, that's your job to be the backup quarterback, not only for four games. So hopefully he's learned his lesson here where he's not going to get burned later on in the year. He, he was planning on not having to use Mikey those last two games. Turns out he had to use them, and then he couldn't use them for a championship game, couldn't use them for a bowl game if we had gone to the Cotton Bowl. So th there's no more of that. I'm sorry. If you're not the starter, you're the backup. Somebody has to be the backup, not just a red shirt backup. This is going to be a looming problem in all college football trades. I don't know if it's just a Gus problem because Mike said it earlier. If you're a freshman, you're not playing. You know, you're in the portal. You know, three games later, right? So I, th I don't think any coach really has it nailed in terms of how to how to best navigate this. You saw throughout college football, I think over 900 scholarship athletes entered the portal in this little brief window of time here. So 900 kids said, "Hey, I'm not getting enough playing time," or "I want a better situation." I wouldn't say any coach is really nailing that, but to Mike's point, I think Gus has to find a better way. Of of, of being more upfront with those players. I think if you're honest, they, they, there'll be some respect factor there. Yes, you're going to lose some, but I, I think it's better than holding the team hostage, which kind of happened a little bit this season with the quarterbacks. And as you guys have talked about, Mikey enters that transfer portal, and there are a lot of quarterbacks in that transfer portal. He, he went into a crowded uh, room there. 
Yeah, I mean, over 900 kids in there, Trace. I mean, that there and across all positions. Um, and I think Sam said it earlier. Like, if you don't have a dedicated place to go, if you don't know where you're where you're going, you hop in the portal, you know, and thinking, hey, I I'm I'm third string here. I got to get in the portal. Well, now you're 900 string, right? Because there's there's other guys in there as well. So um, some kids are going to have to make some really tough decisions, and uh, you're going to find some cautionary tales out there, unfortunately. At MPT Nest Four. Does either McLean or Castellanos take over the starting role at some point next season? Are we setting up now uh, for a full another season of this? I mean, I know Gus favors his ARP, but are we just going to, is this just going to be the way this drags on? Because I, I think it took some of the fun yes. out of the season. Well, I think, look, I mean, the stats would tell you JRP didn't finish a bunch of games, didn't start one game this year. So just off injury alone, it's very possible that somebody has to start a game or a couple of games for UCF next year, just off that factor alone. But I think we're same bat time, same bat channel. We'll be back here in April at spring game talking about who's the starter, who's the backup. Timmy looked good. Tommy looked good. JRP didn't do this. I mean, I think we're, we're heading our, ourselves down this hill for another year as well. Quarterback may not even be on the roster right now. The transfer portal, who knows who's going to be on the team next year. Uh, I think it added more excitement to the season. I don't know about take away fun. You know what took away fun? Losing the Navy. Losing the East Carolina. That, that took away some fun from the season. <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, at Spurs Night, biggest what if from the season. Several contenders here. I'm going to go. What if we beat Navy and we have that championship game at home? Are we playing in the Cotton Bowl in a couple weeks? You feel better that's... about it, don't you? I think so. I mean, we saw the team. They didn't play their best game against Tulane. But even being down big, making that comeback, if we're making that comeback at home and you have the momentum on your side, you got the crowd behind you, just like 2018, you never know. What if somebody other than Gus called plays? <laughs> Wait, Chip. Oh, no. He didn't call plays. <laughs> I uh, skip ahead a little bit to your interview with Big Cat. I love that question. What would you get Coach Malzahn? for christmas a new playbook listen big cat for we'll skip ahead a little bit if you have not heard the big cat interview <laughs> i mean what a, he's such a character watch the video version if you haven't uh my two favorite parts are anytime we asked him a question he just leaned back in his chair because he didn't want to answer the question and then the face he made when i say the word joey gatewood to him those are those are worth the price of admission alone to watch the video of big cat that's funny. Um, at M underscore M and UCF, is it possible to get games in 2023 on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to complete the full week of UCF games in just two seasons? If UCF were in the Conference USA, they're going to be playing Tuesday night games. Uh, the way the football season coincides with the hurricane season, anything is possible. I would hope not with the Big 12 schedule, but um, I feel like Timo is a bit of a maverick in this regard. I can see him thinking that like a Monday night game would be fantastic. Get used to Saturdays. Everybody complains about weekday games for the last few years. I think we're going to see a lot of Saturdays and a lot of Saturday at noon kickoff. I think you're yeah. right. Uh, there have been rumors, of course, that came out, really statements from the Big 12 that they hope to have a schedule announcement by mid-December. Hey, it's December 15th. No schedule announcement just yet. Maybe that's something we'll be able to talk about next week unless they delay it into the new year. At Joyner Perez, what, do you, what did you see from the 2022 season that gives you the most hope for the future? of UCF football. I like that question. We found a kicker. I like Xavier Martin. Townsend. Xavier Townsend to me looked like he, he's going to be something special. I, I was very confident as a freshman returning punts. I don't think he muffed any and very confidently re returned a bunch of them. I liked him. I like the little bit of that we saw out of Jordan McDonald. I, I love the way that kid runs. I know we only saw him in the one game, but those two guys I think are going to be good.
Adam, why'd you say kicker? You're not encouraged by anything else? I mean, I think kicking's been a position since uh, Dylan Barnes left that we've been struggling with a little bit. We finally had a kicker this year where we we all felt confident that when he tried it out on the field, we were going to make a kick. So I think there's always hidden games where kicking uh, and special teams have come down to, to bite us a little bit. So having a solid kicker that uh, that I think we can count on is actually a, a nice a nice part. I think all the other parts are going to be interchangeable, right? We're going to have new new pieces come in, new fast guys, you know, new guys in the offensive line. All that stuff will be interchangeable, but. Um, and, and I think we have a ton of speed, a ton of talent. Uh, we just brought in Christian Leary, who's probably going to be a pretty good player. But uh, I like that we have finally a, a solid special teams guy in Colton. Uh, Brian W. Peterson, would you sacrifice a winning men's and women's basketball season for a New Year's Six Bowl berth? And why is the answer yes? I, I think that's that's a no-brainer. Thousand percent I would. Thousand percent, yeah. I'd, I could, it, he just says sacrifice a winning season. That means we can go 15 Winning's and 16. not good enough. They were, they were 18 and 13 last year. <laughs> Winning's yeah. not good enough. Mike, what about what about if we phrase this a little bit differently? Uh, men's basketball, deep run in the NCAA tournament. I'd love to see that. I mean, those are the two things I always want to see. College football playoff and football tournament and basketball. You can give me I, – I said it on Twitter. I don't care if we win a single game in any other sport, to be honest, if, I, if you want me to tell you the truth. I, whatever. Those two sports – Wait, isn't that what Big Cat said? <laughs> Tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, golf, tennis. I'm, I'm happy for the kids. They're getting scholarships. They're playing in college, but I don't care. At two doctors underscore dad, Taylor Hendricks is worth the price of admission. Definitely agree with that. With his brother Tyler redshirting, moving to the Big Twelve, does that guarantee at least one more year? It feels like he would benefit from that, and that's us selfishly saying we want to see him here for another year. Yeah, he probably should stick one more year, Trace, but. I mean, his name's already getting thrown about out there. If he gets opportunities and he's here and he's going to be a, a draft pick um, or he's going to have an opportunity to play in the league, that's tough to pass up when that's been your dream for, you know, for your entire life. I do think it'd probably be in his best interest to stay one more season, play some Big 12 talent, you know, build out his frame a little bit. Um, I mean, I think he's still a little raw in some areas of his game, um, so he has a chance to refine that. But if they tell him he's going to be a draft pick, I, don't, I wouldn't stay if I was him. I think having his brother on the roster may help at least a little bit. You know, he, he want, if at least he won't want to transfer. I would think he's going to the Big Twelve. He's gonna be playing in a big time schedule. Um, that could help. He's not gonna play any tougher schedule than a Big Twelve schedule, right? So right. joining another league, I mean, you're gonna be playing this competition anyway. Robert, at two letters, two words, with about two weeks until conference play starts. On a scale of one to ten. What's your confidence level in Coach Dawkins' team this year? I know a lot of folks saying, show me when conference play begins. Uh, but they're off to a good start. Remember, just the two losses, two possessions there. Uh, Two-point loss to Miami. That's a good team. Um, seven? Maybe seven? I was going six and a half. M more confident than not right now. But obviously, you know, conference games on the road, you know, against ECU, Wichita, stuff like that. I mean, those are the games that we've typically stubbed our toe in as a, as a Johnny Dawkins-led team. So give me six and a half right now. I'm encouraged, but there's still some runway. We got to figure some stuff out. The set they put on the screen last night, this is the fifth time we started out seven and two under Johnny Dawkins. Last year, we started out nine and two with wins against Michigan and Miami. So I've seen this before. I, I'm not completely confident yet. I will be confident. We have a night, another big game on Saturday. We win that one. Get into conference play. I want to see how we compete, at least, against teams like Houston and Memphis. So what's your number? Confidence-wise, I'm right in the middle. I, I'm not confident. I am 50-50. Give me a number five. 
So even if they stumble with uh, Missouri, it really is going to be you know, host Wichita State in the home opener, and that's a game you need to win. And you know they're not going to win all of them, but you got to you got to protect the home court in conference play and and do decent on the road. So I, I think we're kind of we want to see it now, right? And I know something like that's what you say. Show me now, and I think he needs to show it as does the team in conference play. At Jacob RCF, will there be a bowl game watch party in uh, Real South Florida? The pool tracker champ will be in town. Now, Mike, I heard you on the pod. You're, you're going to be out of town. Now. Yeah, I will not be in town for this one. Um, they do a watch party for every game, so I'm thinking at the den there should be another party. I mean, it's a Wednesday at 2 o'clock. I don't know how many people are taking off work or have off that week. Uh, my guy, Raphael, that runs the thing, he moved to Germany, so I don't, I don't even know who's running the thing anymore, but I won't be there. Maybe you could, if Jacob goes, maybe you could give him some flyers to hand out, the little postcards, maybe. Put them on the, on the urinals. <laughs> yes. If we got <laughs> to the bottom of that, do we find out if Raphael or is the culprit of that? I have no idea who did it. Uh, no clue. That was a pretty good game of Clue for a couple of minutes on the show. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, I may stop into the New York City watch party. I'm going to be up there. Their place is called The Dean. My hotel room is only a couple blocks away. I think I can sneak in there for at least an hour and watch either the beginning or the end of that game. Gotham is not ready for UCF Mike and a man bun. (laughs) Saturday afternoon in December. At UCF Realist, asking about the Sons of UCF lineup next year. The three of us again in 2023? Mike, I'm still okay with you? I mean, I guess if you're here, you're, <laughs> what am I going to do about it? I, I, I couldn't stop you from joining the show, and here you are still <laughs> years later. Um, we may add a couple of characters. Andy is a new guy on the show. That's He's definitely a character. <laughs> There's a lot going on there, we, yes. We've got a beat right, reporter now that, that's writing articles. We've got a couple guys writing articles on the website. So the, like I said, how many weeks ago or a couple months ago when I said, wait, we may have like 15, 16 people on the Sun's payroll soon. We're getting there. We're at about six now. <laughs> Let's define payroll. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, once a son, always a son, uh, until next year when the portal opens. Dudes yeah. on the mall are offering craft beer, Mike. Yeah, listen. How much? How much craft beer? <laughs> <laughs> Not enough to make me disappoint Adam's 89-year-old grandmother. She was so confused at why Trace was leaving. And at your hair, too, Mike. Yeah, she's on point about your hair. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Want to thank Sam Jackson. Remember, uh, you can check that out. Uh, Sam Jackson, Orlando Realtors Association, the big fundraiser for the Sam Jackson Foundation this coming Saturday night in Winter Park. We thank Sam for being here. Wish him luck. Two more games, uh, bowl games for him, Military Bowl and the Hula Bowl at the Bounce House. We'll be talking about that one as we get closer. Six nights now in that one. And Josh from the Military Bowl, uh, some interesting information from him. And I want to thank you for joining us. We'll be back here next week. Hopefully a Duke preview with a Duke insider. Uh, Adam, we got a a basketball player to end the show, perhaps? We we certainly do. This is Brandon Suggs, and thanks for watching the Suns at UCF. Go Knights. Charge Charge on. on, Brandon Suggs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.